Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? This is Jimmy Pax, and you're listening to the incomparable Lena Jones on the Lena Jones Morning Sparkle. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. Good morning. How's everybody doing on this beautiful, beautiful fall day? I hope that uh, your day was blessed so far, and nobody's working on your nerves, or you're not working on anyone else's nerves, for that matter. (laughs) Welcome to the show. The LJ Morning Sparkle, and we are in the book of Daniel. Yes, and uh, I'm getting, I'm getting an understanding from Daniel, from the book of Daniel, that I did not have before. This is what I love about this show, because it gives me a chance to study the Bible in ways that I have, even when your pastor tells you to read these scriptures or or um, stuff like that. Some people are thorough, some people are thorough, but uh, I have to say that I'm not one of those who's thorough. I may not read it at all. I may just go home. I may go home and get so busy in what I'm doing with my life, and next thing you know, I haven't read it. Before you know it, that time comes back again. You're sitting back in that spot, and uh, be it Bible study or your church or amongst the group of people that you gather with, uh, remember, God says where there are two or more, uh, he is there. So you don't have to be around a whole bunch of people. But the understanding that I'm getting, because in order to uh, tell, in order to tell you about what I'm getting out of Daniel, I have to get something out of it, right? I have to understand what exactly am I saying. Now, some of the things in the scriptures, I uh, I will, you know, openly admit that I, I don't understand them, but I pray for understanding before I start. <laughs> and I thank God after I start because I tell you, this is not the easiest thing. And sometimes you do things and you ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Yep, yep, you may ask yourself why. <laughs> but... Uh, there's a reason. There's a reason why you're doing, why you're listening, and there's a reason why I'm talking. Uh, remember, you can leave responses. Um, I'm open to comments. I know people will say things, some not always good. I'm open to that. So you can always leave a comment when you go to the ljdnshow.com website and click on LJ Morning Sparkle. And there's a you can like the blog comment box you can comment on any of the shows and uh, just to let you know that that is always there for you Uh, so we are in Daniel and I wanted to say something else that had nothing to do with this but but I'll talk about it afterwards right now this is more important Uh, when we had left with um, Daniel he he was uh he was just uh, a young boy, fifteen, sixteen, with his companions, his friends, that were taken captive. They were taken captive by uh Babylon. Well, first Persia and then Babylon took over uh, uh Persia. Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. And uh Daniel uh He's taught and, and groomed in the king's way and taught in their in their manner. He's also 
the king also changed his Hebrew name to uh, a more pagan name that um, for the Chaldeans. They changed their names and things of that sort, and they, um, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of two different things. I'm thinking of something talking at the same time. And that was changed, and he was uh, then brought into the king palace. And he, from there, he he began. He began. Um, he was smart. He was a smart man. He was very smart, and he had gifts and he had vision. Uh, God had blessed him with gifts and uh, um, wisdom and knowledge. And all of us have some type of gifts. Most of us do. I think all of us do. But let's <laughs> say, but uh, his gift was. Dreams and visions, dreams, visions, and just being super duper smart and a very good looking, <laughs> good looking young man. Um, so those were his gifts, and uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He had a dream, and he wanted the dream interpreted. And he went to his astrologers, his soothsayers, and his uh, sorcerers and magicians, and nobody could interpret this dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar got upset, uh, like a baby, <laughs> stopping his feet, saying that if, if no one, if, if you guys can't interpret my dream for me, what good are you to me? What good are you to me? I can't. You can't uh, interpret anything. I need this interpreted. And when we last, uh, and that's when Daniel comes into play. They come in to kill Daniel, and Daniel's like, "Why is the king wanting to kill everyone?" He finds out that uh, he finds out through the uh, through one of the king's men that it's because he wanted an interpretation <laughs> to his dream. So Daniel told him, give him a moment. He 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 prayed to God, asked God to give him this this uh this uh vision. So God gave him the vision. God told him the dream and its interpretation. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted someone to tell him what the dream was and its interpretation. And they told him that there was no one in the kingdom. Nobody could do that. Nobody could tell you. Uh, what your dream was and interpret it for you at the same time. And what he's asking, they figure it's almost impossible, but nothing is impossible in God's eyes. All things are possible. And in order for God to put himself, set the stage for himself, as he has done in so many chapters that we have talked about, he has to put people in his place, in their places. And Daniel and his buddies just happened to be one of them. I had this one song that just kept um, popping in my mind. I heard it once, and it kept popping in my mind. So I'm going to play it for you. It's uh, Switchfoot. It's I Won't Let You Go. I'll be right back. When it feels like surgery And it burns like third degree And you wonder what When your inside's breaking in And you feel that ache again And you wonder what's giving birth If you cut the pain of the past go 
switch foot and I won't let go. And that song kind of just stuck within my heart um, when I heard it uh, yesterday. And the main point was that uh, the words, uh, if you could only let go your your doubt and trust me somehow, I swear that I won't let you go. And that's that's Jesus. That's God. He won't let you go. If you you have to learn to trust Him, trust Him, and He won't let you go and He won't let you down. That's what Daniel had. Daniel had trust. He trust. He trusted in God. Not only did he trust in God, but he gave God homage, homage, excuse me, for every time God blessed him to be able to do something. And this, with the uh, this interpretation of this dream, was something that uh, Daniel would be saving a whole lot of lives by going in and doing this. Uh, so so when he went in to uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel told the, the guard to give him some time, he, take him to the, see the king, but he had to pray first before he went in, in there. Now, God had already revealed to Daniel the interpretation of the dream. And in case you're wondering where I'm at, I'm somewhere around two and three because it's it's so much that's happening in those that um that couple of chapters right there. For me, I really had to 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 dig into it to really grasp the understanding of what was going on, how the king felt and what Daniel was feeling at the same time uh, during all of this. So, um, and then I'll usually speed ahead to a couple of chapters, but that won't be today. But today we're in this uh, main part that kind of reveals to Nebuchadnezzar his dream and and the vision and what it was. And remember uh, last week when I asked, when I said what was so important about the dream, and the dream to Nebuchadnezzar was, he was not he he felt that he was not in control which he really wasn't but he felt that he was not in in control <laughs> so after daniel finished giving a giving praise he said he says to god he gives god a prayer and uh the prayer that he says after he gives him this vision and its interpretation is uh daniel 220 where he says, blesses the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, his changes, the times and the seasons. He removed the kings and raised up kings. He give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God, my Father. You have given me wisdom and might. And I have now and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. So those that's what uh the prayer that he gave he gave God his respect in society. You know, you gave me that due respect. Daniel was giving God his due respect because he asked him to do something and God came through for Daniel. So uh so now Ariok, whom the king appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon, he said to him, do not destroy him. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I will tell the king the interpretation. 
So Arioch takes Daniel to see the king. Tells the king that he found, he tells the king, Arioch tells the king that he found the, a man amongst the captive of, of Judah that can interpret his dream. So he introduces Daniel by his pagan name, which in, in short, we said Bel, but full name is Belteshez, Belteshazzar. Me and his name, Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar. That is uh, his uh, his um, his pagan name. I call it the pagan name because uh, his uh, Hebrew name was Daniel. So the, the king says, Daniel, how are you able to make known known this dream and interpret it? When he asked, he demanded the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, all of those to interpret the king, the dream. But do it. So how are you able to come forth and do it? So Daniel says to the king, um, they can't interpret it to the king, but there is a God in heaven who has revealed secrets and makes known to the king, to King Nebuchadnezzar, what will be in the latter days. The dream and the visions are these. And this is what the dream is. And I'm on chapter 26. I'm reading from the King James Version 2.26. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar didn't like the dream because he felt that he was not in control of anything and he has to have that control. Um, Daniel answered in the present, um, 2.27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made it known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed. And here's the dream. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, and its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut without hands, which struck the image on its feet of gold and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron clay and the bronze, silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like shafts from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now the interpretation. O king, you are, O king, are a king of kings. So he tells me, O king, uh, you are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you the kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or beasts of the field, and birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hands, and he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. Okay, so he tells the king right there that he is the head of gold. Um, but after you shall arise another after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours than of uh, than another, 
and a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron pieces and shatters everything. The iron that crushes that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and the toe, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings of God in the days of these kings the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed the kingdom shall not be left to other people it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain with hands and that it broke into pieces of iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. So King Nebuchadnezzar then fell on his face and prostrated then before Daniel and commanded that he should present an offer, an incense to him. He wanted to give Daniel something. He was so happy about this interpretation that he wanted to uh, give him something. Now, the the what's strange here is that, you know how you can meet people <laughs> and... Uh, who think that there's something that they're not. And they're so convinced of this that uh, let's just say, for example, big headed people, that's what I call it. People who, who heads are already big and someone comes and says something else to them and it just get bigger when it is not, <clears throat> they are not who they think they are. They are not that person that everyone thinks they are. Neither are do they think they are? That's what King Nebuchadnezzar is like. So he hears this dream. He falls down. He interprets it. He interprets it that. Um, um, he gets the interpretation from Daniel. Today's society, if we don't understand something, um, most people, they go to a psychic. They go to a palm reader. Um, sometimes... They may see things or visions that only God knows the answer to. And a true prophet can interpret it. Daniel, Daniel is a true prophet. Prophet, excuse me. There are some people like Daniel in the world that can interpret dreams. They can see visions. They can see things of that. But God can only give the true gifts of visions and interpretations. You can find yourself in a mess trying to interpret someone else's dream and someone else's vision. So don't mess with it if you don't know what you're doing because God has something special planned for King Nebuchadnezzar, but 
King Nebuchadnezzar didn't see that. He did, it didn't uh, it didn't see that. So we don't really condone um, in a Christian religion going to people like psychics, pomp readers, and things like that. And it kind of made me think about today with the lottery, where two billion dollars, and the news showed how they had the line wrapped all around the building. Um, all around the block with people lined up, some people probably spending their whole paycheck and their mortgage money, uh, their, car, their car payment to get a chance at this $2 billion. And the, the news says already your chances on winning is one in a, a billion or something like that. But they don't realize at the same time they're feeding into that money by putting the money back into the system. $2 billion is crazy money. Someone asked me at the store, well, did you play um, the lottery? I went to purchase something and I didn't have, it actually cost more than I thought it did. So I told them, you know, well, let's put this back and let's get this. And the lady says to me, she says, well, you know, you can always play the lottery. She said, did you play? I said, no, I don't play the lottery. And she says, why? I said, because as a Christian, we are supposed to look for God to supply that need for us. And and going going to buy a lottery ticket, excuse me, it's just like gambling to me. It's just like going to gamble. And uh, I'm not going to God to to supply my needs. I'm going to another means. And that's just in God's eyes, that is a form of paganism because you're looking to another God. You're looking to a God of a lottery ticket. See, there's plenty of forms of God when people say, oh, well, I don't worship no other God. If you have an addiction that you can't shake, that addiction is your God. Anything that has power over you except for Jesus Christ, your God. When I smoked cigarettes and I couldn't couldn't shake it, couldn't get that monkey off my back, that cigarettes were my God. So <clears throat> after a lot of prayer and a lot of falling down, I finally conquered cigarettes years ago, decades ago. And I made a promise to myself and to my God that there would be no other God. I wouldn't have a God of alcohol. I wouldn't have a God of uh, marijuana. I wouldn't have a God of, of money or gold. Nothing, nothing but him. He's my only God. So so when you go to play the lottery, for me, it's like looking to another God. If God wanted to supply me with that type of money, He, there would be a way that he would give it to me. There would be an opportunity. And believe me, if that opportunity came, I'm not going to be like the man on the island where they sent all the ships. And he was saying he just praying for God to send him a ship because we do have Christian people that are like that. They won't take the opportunity. <laughs> they won't take it. Um, so that was my comparison with uh, today's society, um, how he went to so many different people when it, it was one person, when God is ready to reveal something to you, he will find a way and he will send someone to reveal it to you. So we should not have to go to uh, uh, palm readers and, and, and uh, psychics and things of that sort, which they really don't know.
<laughs> a true visionary wouldn't charge you for a gift that God has given them. Um, so that's just the way I was raised. So, but you have to remember, God is in is always in control. But Nebuchadnezzar, uh, what he got out of the dream that humbled and frightened him at the same time, um, and uh, he was putting him face to face with his future that with a future that was not in his control, and. You know, you can lay down, you can go to sleep and have the craziest dream. Uh, maybe you ate too much, and I think Nebuchadnezzar probably felt that he ate too much or had heartburn or something like that. And um, so he had this crazy dream, and because there was no way that he was not in control of something. There's no way that Nebuchadnezzar would believe that he was not in control of things. He was king. He was king of all kings. So what he took out of this dream was that he was saying that he is great. <laughs> he was getting out of the dream that he is he is great. He is better than um, every. He is all powerful. He is the head of gold. He is the king of kings. He is everything. This is what. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar got out of the dream. So what he does is he makes Daniel, he gives Daniel this position. He makes him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. And uh, so Daniel then recruits his friends. At that time, at, at one point, we they had named them uh, Bell. It was a, at one point they had gave them uh pagan names uh, of his friend, Bel, Aku, and Niebo. So he makes those, uh, he gives them positions in the province. So now Daniel and and his friends are, are sitting high. Daniel gets to sit at the king's gate. The king's gate gets to know all the king's business. It is one of the highest positions and honors that anyone can have. This wasn't given to a Chaldean. It wasn't given to a Babylonian. This was given to in Hebrew. So you know automatically that there's going to be jealousy, going to be jealousy because he's in a position and he is right next to the king. He is in the king's gate. He has told this dream. He has interpreted this dream. Nebuchadnezzar said, thinks the dream is is all about him. It's all about how powerful he is. So he's going to go to the next step. And on that one, I'm going to go to this song called Strong Tower by Cutlass. God is our strong tower. But in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, he is a strong tower. And I'll be right back. You are- 
Tower. It's a good song, good song. Um, God is supposed to be our strong tower. There's no one else. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar sees himself as the strong tower. And you know how you can talk to a person about something, explaining it to them, and they only take out of it a few, few words, a few of anything. I remember one time when my when my youngest daughter was little and we had this thing that we would read the Bible together, different um, the scriptures. And uh, my middle daughter was reading, my youngest daughter, the book of uh, uh, Adam and Eve in the beginning, Genesis. And at the end of it, when they got to talking, and I, I asked my daughter, my youngest daughter, what did she get out of it? She told me, and she said, well, God created them, and they were naked. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she took out of that whole chapter of Genesis that was reading. The only thing that stuck in her mind was the fact that they were naked. So, <laughs> so she grew up to be a very strong-willed little girl, a young woman, but uh, she 
took that out of it. So that was just my way of just breaking in to say how Nebuchadnezzar took the dream. Only thing he heard were you were kings of king. And so that is why he bowed down and uh, gave uh, Daniel this great position. And Daniel then requested his friends at that time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <laughs> over the affairs of the uh, province of Babylon. And Daniel sat at the king's gate. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had been told basically by uh, Daniel that his kingdom was going to fall. But he didn't hear that. He got that uh, he is king of kings. He is the king of kings. That uh, he was, he's the head of gold. Um, he's so prideful that he goes and uh, makes this gold, makes him a gold statue make a, a pure gold he goes to make this pure gold statue um because he feels that he is he's the man he is he cannot be touched we have people in our society that governs rules and tells people what to do if someone say go left they go left if someone say go right they go right and they think they're untouchable in today's society, we have them in our government. We have them in our lives. We have them as people that we know personally. Who's your high tower? Who's your who's your tower that you think is reigning above you because they think they are so mighty and powerful that they are untouchable? It could be someone at your job. It could be someone in a management position that just do things and think that they're untouchable. Not too long ago, I had put a tweet out about a company that wasn't paying the employees. And they told them, go ahead, tell the board of labor board. (laughs) Go ahead, call the news. Why? Because they got away with it for so long, they felt that they were untouchable. They were tiring over their employees, not paying them and treating them very badly. Wouldn't answer the phone. Uh talked about them amongst each other. This was a company, a valid company. So they uh, felt that they were a tower. And that's where what King Nebuchadnezzar thinks about himself. So he makes himself a gold image. And um, he shrouds this image with religious overtones. Um, And it's about six cubics. I think it says six or ten cubics. Chapter um, 3, I'm going to read it in a minute. And uh, he he does all this. Now, what he's really doing is he's representing the this image not only as a, as a token, and he's trying to say this image is a new religion. So he's trying to say that this is his religion. He is a religion by himself. He is so powerful that he is a religion by himself. And I... Uh, that's when you're stepping into God's territory. Make sure you don't step into his God's territory, to God's territory. That's how the devil got kicked, because he wanted to be God. And that's why he rules on earth and gets in, uh, makes his, gets, his spirit goes into different people, making them do things. It's not the person, it's the spirit within them, because God is angry. He's angry because he wants to be the one, not angry, not God, the devil. He wants to be the one that's worshipped, not God. 
So I'm going to talk about what uh, Nebuchadnezzar did in chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to dedi- come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrator, the administrator, governor, all of them came to this dedication. Um. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is a command, O people, nations, and language, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the psaltery, psaltery and symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning furnace. So that was his command. So he's telling them, when you hear the music play, kind of like uh, musical chairs, whatever you're doing, you are supposed to stop drop down, and worship this gold image. Now, Daniel and his companions were not raised that way. As you remember from the beginning, they did not eat of the king's uh, delicacies that they wanted them to eat at. They wouldn't eat the food. They would only eat certain foods, vegetable and water. They would not indulge because of their belief in their God. And uh, they they were actually came out healthier than the uh <laughs> than the other uh people did the other Jews who decided to go ahead and take and eat of the table of the delicacies so here they are with another command saying that hey you hear this uh music playing you drop what you're doing and uh you bow you bow down so at this time it doesn't say where Daniel was during this time, but at this time he was not there. He was probably away uh, taking care of some business because he did have a, a position that required him to, to be away. So between chapter 2 and chapter 3, it doesn't say where Daniel was, but his companions are there, those that he uh, requested, sent a decree so that they would be uh, in the province to pro- uh, ruler over the province as well as as Daniel. So they were there. So they didn't bow down. They weren't going to bow down. This was not their God. This 90-foot gold image was not their God, and they was not going to do it. Now, people see it. You know how people see you do things in, in society, and they are jealous because you got a position. You're someplace where they're not. These were four Hebrew boys. They weren't Babylonians. So, of course, there's always someone that's jealous that wants to knock them down. So they do the same thing, uh, very similar, that happened in the book of Esther. 
<laughs> when uh, the king was told that there was a group of people that didn't listen to him. So here, here we are here, the book of Daniel, where um, the Chaldeans were jealous. So they go to the king and they're going to start something. So this is what they say. Um, and now I'm at chapter 10. This is what they tell the king. You, O king, have made decisions that everyone who hears the sound of the horn or flute or harp in symphony with music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not go down and worship shall be cast into the midst of, fire, of a fiery furnace. There's a certain, there are certain Jews, here we go, jealousy. It existed there, it exists now. There are certain Jews whom you have sent over affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm hoping I'm saying that's right. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. They're not going to break with their god. They're not going to spend a lifetime in damnation. It's not worth it to them. They're not going to do it. Now, you know, some of us would have. Some of us in today's society, they would have because of fear. But see, fear is a liar. And if you know you're going to the right place, you have no fear. There is no fear when you are a child of God. So they felt that uh, that they needed to do something about, okay, he's not serving. Let's go back and tell that. They're Hebrews anyway. They have no business in the Babylonian position. It's just like, you know, when you, when you look at positions that people are in, uh, blacks, Hispanics, uh, Asians, and you have uh, your Caucasians that don't feel that pressure should be in that position simply because of the color of their skin. Everything is like a circle. It leads back to stuff. So this is jealousy. Uh, this is the thing that they did to Obama. They didn't feel Obama needed to be in there. So it was nothing he could do right. And even Trump trunk today has overturned a lot of Obama's policies. It's almost like they're trying to erase that there was ever a black man in the presidency. Um, so, uh, so this is what they tell him. So Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage, a fury, gave the command to bring Sadrach, Meshach, and Obed-Nejo. So they bought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true? that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the horn, the flute, and the harp, and the psaltery, and the symphony with all kinds of music, you fall down, worship the image which I have made good, he says. Um, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery fire furnace. And who is the God who shall deliver you from my hands? Whoa. No, 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 no. You said the wrong thing. You need to back up. Back up, buddy. So who is the God that shall deliver you from my hands? Man, he he really got it twisted. You know how he said in today's society? Oh, you got me all twisted here. You got me all messed up. So God is like, is listening to this. Now, after he has given this interpretation, telling him his kingdom is going to fail, you go, you make this gold image, then you make everybody bow down to this new religion called Nebuchadnezzar. 
you know, so <laughs> so he he's just uh, asking for it. Once again, pride gets in the way. Now, pride gets in the way. So, Cedric, uh, Meshach, and Obed-Nejo answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter, that if that is the case, your God whom we serve is able to deliver, if that is the case, our God, excuse me, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. <laughs> but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set before us. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and expression, the expression on his face completely changed. What are you saying? Are you telling me you're not going to bow down in today's society? You're not going to follow that crowd to that teenager. You're not going to follow that crowd. You're not going to do what they're doing. You don't want to carry a gun. You don't want to smoke marijuana. You don't want to do, oh, how dare you? In today's society, they would be shunned on Facebook, on Twitter, <laughs> and everything. Just, you know, be, why? Because you don't want to go by our rules. And our government, even with crooked police, they would lock you up. And just because you don't want to go by their rules, you have a rule, a set, stand, set, a set of standards that you follow by, by your God. And this is Nebuchadnezzar, so he's, he's smoking. So he commanded the mighty men who were in the army uh, to take Cedric, Meshach, and our big Negro and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. These men were bound. Their coats and their trousers, their turbans, other garments were all cast cast into the the fire. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, his, uh, his, um, his his mission here is to show show them what how powerful he is. Um, you don't mess with me. This is what happens if you don't bow down. This is his way of showing his control because he, you know, he he feels that he is a god within himself. So what God is going to save them? Now, so he felt they fell down, and these three men fell bound fell bound into the midst of the burning burning fiery furnace then king nebuchadnezzar was astonished when he rose up in haste and spoke saying to his counselor uh uh did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire and they answered and said to the king that it is true o king okay look he answered i see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fire, saying, calling their name, Sadrach, Meshach, Abed, Negro, Nego, servants of the Most High, come out and come here. And they came out. They came out unbound. <laughs> And the satraps, the administrators, the governors, and the king and counselors gathered together and saw that these men who was, on whose bodies had had the fire, on whose bodies 
the fire had no power. There, it was not in their hair. Their hair was not singed. Neither was their garments affected. They didn't have the smell of fire on them. And the uh, only thing they could do is drop their jaw because it is a miracle. God is the miracle. They told them, you put us, go ahead, put us in the fire. But our God will save us. And that can only be done by belief. If you don't believe that God is, and he's a keeper of his promises, and he's a protector of you, then he won't do it. Lots of times we ask God for things, and and they don't come through, or they don't come through the way we expected them to. It's because how much faith did you put behind that? How much faith did you put behind believing? These men, that's some powerful belief right there. That is unshakable faith. Anytime you could walk into a furnace and come out without a singe, they couldn't understand that. No one would understand that. Even in today's society, the heat, the, the furnace was heated seven times. It's normal fire because he, Nebuchadnezzar, was cruel. And he wanted to teach them because you did not bow down to my image. But they serve a God who is above everything. So Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Obed-Nego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except the god of their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Obed-Negro shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made as ash heaps, because there there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Obed-Negro in the province of Babylon. And that's what that story is all about. He Realize, but see, he's not going to get away with what he did because God saw what he did. He put himself as a God. He made something for his people to bow down to. And the, they would not bow down. You don't have to give in to any type of pressure if you are a child of God. You don't have to worry about pressure or things that's going on in today's society. People of strong religion, they're not. We pray and and, uh, 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 go to church and do what we're supposed to do and and try to live uh, by by God's word, which is is complicated. It's hard. And I say that as a person who knows it's hard personally. (laughs) Some people say they do, but you have those perfect people. There's a lot of perfect people out there. But I know that I'm not one. I know I am way, way from that. But I do believe in my God. I do believe that my God will deliver me. I have witnessed him delivering me. I have witnessed his hands on impossible situations. I have witnessed him come in in at just when I need him. I have witnessed him come in at another time where, where I thought he just did not even think about my prayer. But you have to believe. Unshakable faith. Faith to take you through the fire, could you go through the fire with your faith? Would you step into a fiery furnace? Half of us won't do it. I can't tell you that I would. 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm faced with a, an actual furnace, but there have been situations in my life that's been a furnace that's been hot all around me where I can't move. There's a fire waiting to consume me, to eat me up, eat me up, all that I have, me, my family, and everything. And I'm pretty sure there's someone out there today that can identify with that. Are you in a furnace? Everything around you looking hot? You don't know which way to turn? You got to stand tall, stand strong, and believe that God is who he is. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. And you just have to believe that he is and that he's there and that he's there and he will look out for you. He's there for us. He sent his son to die for us. And there's nothing that he won't do for us. He is our Superman. He's been my Superman from the beginning and he'll be your Superman till the end. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get out of get out of here. Don't ever think that you don't deserve God's love. Don't ever think that he's not fighting. He fighting for you. He is always fighting for you. You have to believe that he will. You deserve it. You deserve the faith. You deserve the goodness that God has for us. Don't go to uh, psychic networks palm readers and stuff like that you know this is just what I say hey I'm just one person I don't I can't make anyone do anything you know but I wouldn't I wouldn't feed it to the lottery either if God wants you to have a million dollars believe me he's gonna give you a million dollars you're not even gonna know where it came from I know because I've been in situations where I say God don't know how you're gonna do it but he'll do it you know he can. Now, I was going to play one song, but I think I'm going to go ahead and look for that uh, um, that song that I have. Won't he do it? I don't even know if I'll have time to do that. Um, but I tell you, um, I was looking for it, but I can't find it. You have to scroll on these things, and if it's not there right in front of you, you will not get it. So there it is. So Karen Hawthorne, won't he do it? Stay blessed. Have a blessed day, a blessed week, and thank you for listening. This is Lena Jones. I'll see you in the network. Bye. Try to take me out, but I got Jesus on my side. So bad I thought it was.